This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. I would like to encourage all members to consider uh, the whole concept of Lean and Six Sigma uh, as, as a way of, of developing themselves and improving their own performance, but also improving that patient care concept. That's Owen Dahl, a leading expert in healthcare consulting, talking about the importance of integrating Lean and Six Sigma in a medical practice. We'll hear more from Owen in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Join MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Operations Conference, May 19th through the 21st in Austin, Texas. The Operations Conference gathers business leaders and professionals from across the healthcare industry to discuss optimized medical practice operations that address some of the biggest challenges facing healthcare organizations today. Go to mgma.com slash events to register. Iris retinal imaging exams help save the vision of patients with diabetic eye pathologies with a simple integrated technology solution. Iris was founded by a retina specialist who saw a problem, not just in his practice, but in the world. And he knew he wanted to fix it. What grew out of that mission is what you have today. A company committed not to making money by selling devices, but to ending all instances of preventable blindness in the US with life-saving technology. Go to retinalscreenings.com to learn more. Our guest today is Owen Dahl, a leading medical practice consultant and Lean and Six Sigma expert with more than 50 years of experience in the healthcare industry. Owen is a featured speaker at this year's MGMA's Operations Conference, where he'll be leading a three-hour workshop on Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt Certificate Program. Owen, thanks so much for joining us today. Daniel, it's great to be with you. I just, I just love being able to talk about uh, some new and different and innovative things that we can do and help our members uh, gain better knowledge and better experience as they move forward in their own personal growth strategy. Oh, that's great. Now, you have been a frequent guest over the last, I'll just say, four years or so of the MGMA podcast, and we're glad to have you back on here. And for, I think a lot of MGMA members and listeners know who you are, but just for anybody who doesn't, if you don't mind just sharing some highlights, some career highlights, who you are, what you do, just so we can get a better feel for that as well. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> well, good. Let's, let's make this real short. Uh, <clears throat> I've been around for a long time 
doing practice management work. I actually started out as a hospital administrator uh, in a small hospital, uh, moved to a 300 bed facility where I was the CEO, but really enjoyed more the small, practical, entrepreneurial kind of things. So uh, for the last 40 years or so, I've just been doing uh, practice management work. Uh, I owned a management services organization where I actually managed by contract 11 different practices uh, at one time. And uh, I've, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, uh, you know, just all that sort of stuff. And <clears throat> My real purpose in life, I think, is to try to help uh, the, the great group of practice managers that we have that are part of the MGMA organization, uh, to help them in find ways that we can improve what they do on a daily basis to, to achieve and accomplish that one goal of improving patient care. I love that. So you mentioned something that got my attention. You said you really enjoy that entrepreneurial side of it. What was it about that that drew you to that side of the healthcare world and healthcare practices? Well, actually my bachelor's degree is in hospital administration. Okay. So I've been doing healthcare for over 50 years. Uh, okay. So the healthcare piece was, uh, has, has just been part of my blood for forever. Uh, the entrepreneurial side was, and <clears throat> please some of those uh, members that are listening, that are employed by hospitals and larger organizations. Don't take it wrong when I say this, but uh, <clears throat> I just felt like the thing I wanted to do was be a little bit more independent. I didn't like uh, people in uh, you know four or five states over telling me how to run my hospital. And that just didn't seem to fit with my spirit. And it was, it was much more along the lines for me to be able to say, uh, I want to be more of an entrepreneur. And, and frankly, I, I would like to encourage everyone to, to take that spirit, whether you're employed by a hospital, large clinic, or a small group. Uh, the, the idea is that we in management have to be able to take some leads. We have to be able to take some risks. We have to be able to make some decisions. We have to be able to take some of that entrepreneurial kind of ideas and, and be able to move forward. So I hope that, that everyone that's listening has an opportunity to say, yes, that is the environment that I'm in and kind of where I want to go. And that's, that's what really drove me to be able to say, hey, I want to do these things myself. I want to feel independent enough to be able to do that. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to have that op those opportunities. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So I want to share with everybody an upcoming speaking session that you're going to be involved in. You are going to be on tap for that MGMA operations conference. It's going to be in Austin, Texas. You're going to be speaking Thursday, May 19th. You're actually leading a workshop. This is something you, that's near and dear to your heart. Um, yeah. It's Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt Certificate Program. Tell us a little bit about that. I know you're going to be talking for several hours, so <laughs> give us a few minutes of your time to share with us what people could learn from that uh, workshop. Well, hey, thank you, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've had this opportunity to talk because I would like to encourage all members to consider uh, the whole concept of Lean and Six Sigma uh, as, as a way of, of developing themselves and improving their own performance, but also improving that patient care concept. And <clears throat> Lean Six Sigma, that's two separate principles, 
but really have the same idea in mind is what can we do to eliminate waste? What can we do to eliminate broken pieces and parts or defects that we have in our systems? And <clears throat> so you take, you take the concept uh, uh, concepts that are there with the principles of eliminating waste and then bringing value or quality, if you will, to the customer. And <clears throat> so these principles actually started in the manufacturing world. So everybody says, well, how does that work with the healthcare world? Well, <clears throat> realistically, uh, if you think about a patient visit, and a patient visit starts with the check-in, and then you get the triage, you see the provider, uh, you get the post-activity, then you get checkout, and that's nothing more than a than a uh, an assembly line. <laughs> so it, it it has a function and flow all the way through that. And the key on this is what are those steps along the way, and what can we do to make it work? So that's one part. But if you you can also look at that from a revenue cycle point of view, because if you if you get the insurance information, get the demographic information, get the authorization, get the codes correctly, uh, submit it to the the claim. What is that? That is also sort of like an assembly line. You have to go from one piece to the next, to the next, to the next. And if we can find ways to improve those processes, and, that, and that's just two examples. You can do it with hiring. You can do it with credentialing. You can do it with uh, your training programs. You can use these applications in so many different areas. And part of the idea that I, I think is important is, is that there are a good number of tools that are available. And there's also some uh, principles that, that really kind of, if, if you actually listen to them, if you think about them a little bit, as an individual practice manager, uh, you can find ways to improve yourself. And we've seen that over and over and again, when we've had these yellow belt programs, uh, <clears throat> which uh, in, in, the, in the case in Austin will be about a, will be a three hour commitment uh, that the participants will have to have. And in that point, we, we do the best we can to, to encourage and to share some of those principles and tools for, for those that participate in the program. And <clears throat> what we've seen from that is people have actually left those meetings or those seminars and, and gone back to their practice and said, you know, I'm gonna change this as to how I approach a problem uh, or how I approach an innovative idea. And <clears throat> so we've been able to do that, but it also sort of plants the seed for them further searching, researching, and developing themselves in, in uh, personal growth using the principles and concepts of Lean and Six Sigma. Okay. So I am familiar with different colored belts when it you know, is referring to the martial arts, but I hear yellow belt certificate program. What is, this, what is the significance <laughs> of the yellow belt? What is that? Well, technically, there are white belts, yellow belts, green belts, black belts, and master black belts. So there are five different levels of, of training and exposure that you have. And for, for this particular program, we're doing the yellow belt, which uh, the idea would be that someone needs to be familiar with the concepts and principles of Lean and Six Sigma in order to get the real benefit of the program. So if, if you've got a white belt or if you've done some reading on it, you've got an MBA uh, and that kind of thing, uh, then, then you would want to take this yellow belt. <clears throat> then, but from the yellow belt, you can go to the green belt and MGMA actually offers a program on a green belt for the medical practice. 
And the design of that program is specifically for the medical practice as opposed to a generic discussion uh, that you could get if you went to a college or university or some other online program. And, and frankly, <clears throat> we're starting a program May 9th, uh, okay. uh, May 10th, May 9th and 10th, uh, which is about an eight week program uh, through MGMA for Greenbelt. <clears throat> After Greenbelt, there's Black Belt and there's Master Black Belt, which uh, is the credential that I have. I have a master black belt in lean and six sigma. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, that's sort of the, the top end of, of, of what training program we would have. But <clears throat> the yellow belt is a great way for people to get a good understanding of the principles and the concepts behind uh, ways that they can seek to improve their own personal growth as well as improving care that they provide to the patients. Okay. Okay. Thanks for spelling that out. I've always seen you teaching these courses and I've never had an opportunity to ask you exactly what the, the uh, color coding meant. And so it, yeah. that is really helpful. So I want to ask you in more detail about Lean and Six Sigma. As you know, and our listeners know, healthcare, the world in general, but healthcare specifically has had so much chaos, so much confusion and stress uh, over the last few years. And I wanted to, you to explain to us if, if someone does have that uh, lean and six, six Sigma type expertise, how can that help them address and deal with all these stresses that are coming in? Well, I think that one of the keys to the, the whole idea, well, let me back up for just a second because I talked about waste and I talked about value. Uh, so what, what you have to do is you have to accept the fact that there's waste that exists in your practice. Uh, you have to also accept the idea that, hey, I want to bring value to my patients uh, or to my customers. And, and so with, with those two principles in mind, then, then what can I do? And one of the things I think that really is beneficial by getting into this kind of idea is, is that... Uh, you know, we all like to say, well, we've got all the solutions in the world and we ourselves as individuals can solve all the problems. And that's not true. What, what really has to happen is you have to get your staff involved. And so one of the concepts that we really like to talk a lot about is who are your team members? Who else can help you solve the problem? And so we, we introduce something called process owners. Well, what's a process owner? Well, a process owner is the one that does the work. And who's best equipped to solve the problem is if they understand what the problem is, if they understand what their workflow is, then getting two or three people together to really talk about and use the tools such as a flowchart, such as a, a fishbone diagram, such as a SIPOC diagram or an FMEA or some of these other tools that we talk about in these different yellow, in the Yellow Belt program, uh, that they can actually use these tools with their team members. And so what happens is, is you, you have the team members actually come up with the solution using the tools and what that means is the implementation of the change in how you want to approach things is so much easier and so much more effective than if it comes out as an autocratic authoritarian, you can't do it this way anymore, you've got to do it that way. Well, if we start and, and use that model of just telling people how to do things, uh, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're frankly wasting our employees' brains. 
And, and one of the bigger wastes is that we were paying our staff members to use their skill sets, bring their skill sets to the table. And if we don't use those skill sets to help us solve problems, we're wasting things. And so we get it, we get the idea of waste as, as we move forward. So uh, <clears throat> what I really like to, to talk about is, and, and, and uh, from the Yellow Belt program, yeah, there's a structured approach and that sort of thing. But even if you don't take the structured approach, but you gain two or three or four tools that can help you in your own process of managing the practice, you really gain some significant benefit. And, and then moving on to the green belt and, and different programs like that, you refine those tools over time and you refine how you approach things over time. And so you get a real win uh, by this, but <clears throat> all it does is takes your existing approach and refines it and improves it and helps you as you move forward uh, in, in your career path. Okay. One of the most important things uh, in a medical practice is that rev cycle. What's the most important tool that you can take from Lean and Six Sigma and apply to the rev cycle to make that work in a practice? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> there are a number of tools that you could use. Uh, right. The process map with value stream meaning how much time does it actually take to go from point A to point B to point C? And what are the steps that are involved in that? Uh, so that using lean, we look at the flow, but using Six Sigma, we look at the defects or the broken parts. So we look then in terms of revenue cycle at, well, there was a transposition error on the uh, uh, insurance information. Uh, there's lack of insurance information, uh, there's no authorization, there's no verification. In other words, those would be defects or broken parts. And <clears throat> sure, those are obvious examples and everybody's aware of that. But if you start to get into drilling into, well, what, what really goes into getting a verification? What really goes into getting authorization? What really goes into the decision on the coding and so on? So you start to drill into those types of things to, to fix those broken pieces. So you either fix the defect or you speed up the time that goes from point A to point B to point C. And in either case, it's a win uh, because what you do is you either speed up your cash flow or you reduce the number of denials or uh, appeals that you have to deal with. And <clears throat> one of my favorite acronyms is DIRFT. D-I-R-F-T. It's not drift, it's DIRFT. And what it is, is DIRFT is do it right the first time. Okay. So if you do it right the first time, then what you've done is you've eliminated a denial. You've eliminated waste. And so, so what, what the principles are is to say, how can we make this more efficient by getting it more faster, but how can we make, or how, how, and then how can we make it more effective by eliminating those those, uh, those uh, roadblocks or those defects that are there. So what, what you're looking for is, is, okay, yeah, here's my revenue cycle, it's real simple. Well, your revenue cycle isn't real simple when you've got three, four, five, or six people that are all participating in the process of managing that particular cycle. And, and so how do they relate? How do they interact? How can one person help the next person and so on so that we, we in effect, what we end up with is not wasting time fixing denials, 
we're actually taking our time to be more effective in, in terms of managing more patients, more revenue cycle activities, more claims and that sort of thing. And, and so you really get a win out of the whole thing. Okay. I'm going to ask you the same thing about staffing, because as you know, that is just top of mind to every practice out there right now. There is the staffing shortage. There's also this revolving door of onboarding and trying to retain these people you've brought on. But then there, there's a lot of uh, turnover as well in the practices. And so what can we do then from a practice perspective to utilize these tools of Lean and Six Sigma to do a better job. I mean, we're given the cards we are with the limited number of people that, that are available to hire. So that is an issue. So uh, how do you make it as efficient as you possibly can then? Well, okay. <clears throat> so now we have another three hours of discussion. Yes. <laughs> Okay, you know, to, 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 to basically break it down, again, that's a flow, that's a defect. Okay. And the, the defects are, uh, you didn't hire right. You hired the wrong person. Mm -hmm. uh, the flow piece and kind of what goes into that is statistically, and, and I haven't mentioned this much, but statistics are very important. So what we're looking for in like the revenue cycle, what's our denial rate? But in this mm -hmm. particular case, what's our turnover rate? Okay. Uh, we know we know that it costs us about 70% of an annual salary to replace an employee. And so when we talk about that, that's not necessarily just writing a check, mm -hmm. but if you've got a $10 an hour employee for $20,000 a year, uh, that's $14,000 is what it's gonna cost. And that's mm -hmm. you know, loss, of, loss of productivity, that's interview time, that's the resources that go into selecting an individual, that's onboarding, that's getting that employee to come back up and so on. So, so, so yes, you wanna reduce turnover, but how do you reduce turnover? Well, you reduce turnover by, hmm, let me see, I mentioned teams earlier. Well, what, what's one of the key things that people like to do? They like to be involved. They like to help solve problems. They like to know what your purpose of your organization is and how all that goes. And so what we talk about then in terms of Lean and Six is what are we doing for onboarding? What are we doing for training? What are we doing for uh, uh, in the, you know, the benefit package? And how can we improve those things? And what is it that we need to do to improve those kinds of things that'll help us retain those employees? So if we, can redo, if we have a 10% turnover rate, what does that really mean? Well, if we have a 20% turnover rate. And so what we, what we try to do is to say, what can we do to reduce turnover? Well, is it more involvement? Is it better skill set, better skills training? Uh, is it better uh, benefit packages? Uh, is it more flexible scheduling? What is it that really is going to make a difference to, to that employee and to those employees? And what can we do to customize those things? Well, how do we know any of this is going to work unless we talk to the staff, unless we really drill into what is our flow? What is our process? What are the key things that go on? So we're looking again at what's the flow. We're looking at the defects. We're looking at those kinds of uh, terms, those concepts and saying, how are we handling our hiring and our retention of our employees? Just like we're trying to reduce the number of denials, we're trying to reduce the number of turnover. We're trying to get that patient in and out. So our cycle time on our patient flow is better. So we've got data that tells us things, but what are we doing to then uh, improve that in some way. And one of the concepts that we like to talk about in general 
is, is what's called continuous process improvement. So we know we've got a, let's say we've got a 15% turnover rate and we want to get it down to 10%. Well, maybe we get it down to 12% first, then we tweak it a little bit more and get it down to 11%. Then we tweak it a little bit more and get it to 10%. And, and we maybe have to live with an eight to 10% turnover rate uh, because of all these other factors. But if we can keep it there and have gotten it down, not by fixing it all immediately, but working at it continuously, we're able then to be successful in putting all this together. So I'm not sure that answers the question. Like I said, we could be talking about this for three hours, but. <clears throat> we sure could. And uh, I know that uh, hopefully some of these listeners will be able to join you in Austin, Texas. So as a final question, I did want to revisit some of those resources. I know you'll be speaking in Austin. You've got the, uh, the certificate program coming up in May. Uh, you've got some other ventures out there that you're working on. So just give us a final snapshot of that. And then I can provide some links for everyone uh, that they can click directly into those links to register or learn more about these different programs you've got offering. Well, first of all, yes, the program that we were talking about specifically today is the Yellow Belt program on the 19th of May, which is a three-hour program. Uh, we also have the Green Belt program, which actually starts about 10 days before that time. <clears throat> for those that would be interested. But uh, I bet you we could find out some of those people that are in the Yellow Belt program, if they're really interested in a Green Belt, we might be able to you know, double up on that <clears throat> so that we could, we could help put that together. Uh, and, and I mentioned the idea that you should have a, at least a little bit of an understanding of what Lean and Six Sigma is about to really get the benefit out of the Yellow Belt program. Well, <clears throat> Frankly, I've, I've just done a series of uh, podcasts myself uh, on my podcast title is We Can Be Better. Uh, is, and, and so if you want to listen to a seven-part program to get introduction to uh, Lean Six Sigma, uh, you know, that, that would be an opportunity for, for people to, to do that. Uh, and I would encourage <clears throat> that option. I would encourage uh, getting a book. I would encourage looking at other sources on the web uh, to see what you could do. But <clears throat> the one key that we've done through MGMA that I think is really critical is that we've made all of this medically oriented. It's not generic industry oriented. It's not manufacturing oriented. It's really designed around the idea of how can we take these principles and apply them to the medical practice. And so as we've done and as we look forward to it, that's really what, what this is about, what, what we try to do with the yellow belt, the green belt, what I've tried to do with that little uh, We Can Be Better uh, podcast series, just for the heck of it, to, <clears throat> to see if we can't get people more interested in, in, in improving in themselves and improving patient care. Okay. Well, thank you again for that. We will definitely drop the links to all of those different programs in the show notes. So, Owen, I, I want to thank you again for taking time out of a very busy schedule with all these programs coming up to talk with us for a little bit of time on the podcast and sharing the things that you've got going on. So thanks again. And uh, we hope to have you on the show again soon. Hey, Daniel, I'd be happy anytime to chat with you. I really enjoy the opportunity to talk with you, but I also enjoy the opportunity, hopefully, of, of sharing a little bit of my knowledge and experience uh, to, to improve uh, the individuals there 
uh, that are that are key members that are really doing an awesome job already. But if we can help them do a little bit better job, I think then we've really gotten some gold stars to make things happen right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Owen Dahl, a leading medical practice consultant. Owen will be a featured speaker at MGMA's Operations Conference on Thursday, May 19th. And we want to thank MGMA's Operations Conference and IRIS for sponsoring this week's show. The Operations Conference will be held May 19th through the 21st in Austin, Texas. It's gonna gather business leaders and professionals from across the healthcare industry to discuss optimized medical practice operations that address some of the biggest challenges facing healthcare organizations today. Go to mgma.com events to register. And iris retinal imaging exams help save the vision of patients with diabetic eye pathologies with a simple integrated technology solution. Go to retinalscreenings.com to learn more. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances and operations. Again, visit mgma.com analytics today.